Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. The season that we're in ties in well, I think, with the the series that we've been in, which has been all about how we're uh, we're commanded to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We've been going through that uh, every week. And it comes from an Old Testament prayer called the Shema. That's the video I was going to show. I'll put it on my Facebook page later and you can look at it. Which is um, this this Old Testament um, prayer, this command, which was basically where, where people were encouraged it starts off with the word Shema means here. Now we think of here and you think of, oh, I heard something. But actually for the, the Old Testament people, when they heard that word, the word here is so much bigger, so much deeper. That's what this video was saying than just here. It means listen and obey. It, the way the Bible would see it, just because you've heard it doesn't mean it, it's made any difference to you. What matters is not just did you hear it, but did you listen and did you obey? Because that's what it's all about. So he starts off, in, and this is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all, say all, all, all your heart. Put your hand on your heart. All your soul. I'm not entirely sure where we're going to go with that one. We're going to go with all, with all your mind and all your strength. Let's see your flex. Come on. There we go. Welcome to the gun show. You love him with all your heart, which is about loving him passionately, loving God, putting him first above everything else. Not half-hearted, full on. You love God with your mind in how you think, how you think about yourself, how you think about the world, how you think about other people. Because we'll never change the world out there until we let God change the world in here. We're never going to change what the world thinks about God until we let him change what we think about him and about everything else as well. And and until we let him renew and transform our minds. So this is the series that we've been in. And you love him, and this is today's focus, with all your strength, which is about bringing him your best. It's about um, giving the very best of you back to God. The gifts that you've been given, giving them back to him and offering them back to him. That's what it is to love God with all of your strength. It means you're all out for him. You're passionate. It means you're all in for him. I love that word all. This is how we love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. Now there was a time, and it's referenced there at the bottom in Matthew's gospel, it's described when Jesus was asked a question. It was really one of those traps that people were always trying to to trick Jesus into. They were asking him to define which is for us, which is the greatest of all the commandments. Because You see, the the people who are asking this question, there's a way to follow God where it's all about commandments. It's all about rules. It's all about religion. It's all about thou shalt nots. And that's what they they had. And it was this form of religion. And the the Old Testament focus was about commandments. All kinds of commandments, very famously 10 of them. And the rabbis would debate, out of all of those commandments, which one is the greatest? Which one is the the one that we most have to follow? You know, and... um, And they would look through them and some people would say, well, some of them are about people. And obviously it's really important that we love people. So which one is it? One of the people ones that's most important about not not stealing, not lying 
Or is it those kind of things that's most important? And other people might say, no, it's the God stuff. It's, it's making sure you don't have any idols, don't have anything else. Let anything else come and take the place in your heart that is reserved for God. Don't bow down to anything else than, rather than the one who made you and loves you. And so Jesus is asked by a religious scholar. And these are you know, hyper-intelligent people who are trying to pick holes in his theology. And they think he's going to pick one of the ten. But so often Jesus doesn't say what they expect him to say he kind of goes around the back and he comes in with something that they haven't thought of but actually they should think of at least twice a day because twice a day the Jewish people would say the Shema they would say this prayer hear O Israel the Lord your God is one Lord and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength so he's pointing back to what they had heard but the question was had they listened and had they obeyed See, the commandment is actually a quite hard one to follow here, the way you tend to think about it, because it's hard to command a positive. Especially when it's about love. See, it's easier to forbid a negative. It's easier to be able to say, don't do that. But how do the Ten Commandments tend to start? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. How many of us know it's actually easier when somebody tells you what not to do to just do your best not to do it but it's hard to command a positive especially to command love how do you really command love now the fact is the new testament doesn't shy away from doing that time and time again it comes in sorry not that's one go back thanks um the the new testament all the time talks about loving as being not a way of feeling but a way of acting the way the the new testament would talk about it love is a verb it's what you do it's how you act so it will command husbands love your wives it doesn't make any kind of leeway for that and it's like well you know do you know who i'm married to it doesn't it doesn't it just said no husbands love your wives and do it as christ loved the church what how did he love the church he laid down his life he gave his life. So that's how you're commanded to love. Whether or not you feel like it this morning, there's a command there, command to love. And the fact is, that was quite countercultural because in those days, you didn't have to love your wife. You could just be married to your wife and it was like a contractual arrangement that you had and uh, she was like your property in many ways. So for, for the Bible to come in and say, no, you, husbands, you need to love your wife is quite revolutionary. But then Jesus is pointing back to this Old Testament verse where he's talking about commanding us to love God you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength you've got to do it that's how it sounds to us but the problem again for me is it's hard for me to do something just because I should do it anybody else just because somebody says well you should do that you should love God I'm like oh well yeah I'd really like to love God more but just because you told me I must doesn't help me to do it very much, thank you. And for some of us, this gets even more messed up when we think about our backgrounds, when we think about um, the things that have happened to us, hard times that we've been through. There might be times when we asked a prayer for whatever and it didn't happen that way and, and we were disappointed as a result of that. Oh, there's a tragedy that's happened. And some of us, it goes even back further than that. It can go back, way back to when we were children. It can go back to our, our families of origin and the way that, that love has been modeled to us in the first place. So the big question to grapple with this is this one. What do you think of when you hear about God, when you hear the word God? What do you think of God? A guy called A.W. Tozer 
he came up with this incredible um, verse in one of his, uh, uh, this quote in one of his books, The Knowledge of the Holy. Why don't you read it out loud with me? What comes into your mind today when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So that's really important. How you view God. See, lots of people reject God. And I would say I reject that God too because it's not the real God. The one that you've rejected is not the real God that I know. See, what does God think when he thinks about you? Is he distant? Is he just some distant deity who made everything and then kind of went home and just left it all to, to, to run itself? Is he uncaring when you prayed and he didn't answer? Was it because he doesn't even care? Is, is, or is he, is he really busy with important people and important things and, and he hasn't really got time to be bothered with you anyway? Is he judging? Is he always out to get you in some way? Is he inspecting you? Is he looking for, to find fault with you? Is he critical of you? Some people have got this very mixed up view of God. Is he, is he always going to be disappointed? Are you always going to be the person you feel like actually, you know, even though I try and I try my best to love God, try my best to love people, but I keep measuring up. I never measure up to that perfection standard that God has for me. I can never be that person. See, all of this, again, is massively related for many of us to, to how we were brought up, to the, the things that we heard growing up to our parents and, and our families of origin and those kind of things matter a great deal. I remember years ago talking to a guy who said he found it so hard to be able to hear about the love of God and I talked to him about his family background and he, his dad was like a, a drill sergeant major in the army who used to make sure that the, the bed had to be perfectly made and he could bounce a penny on it. It was like everything was lined up from the youngest age and he never ever felt good enough. He never felt good enough throughout the whole of his life. And he was kind of driven by a performance thing in that, but he knew he would never quite be able to do it because his view of God was so distorted from the real view of God that that was what was going to keep on driving him until he got a picture of who God really was. So when you woke up this morning, what did God think about you? Did he think, uh-oh, she's up. What mess is she going to get into today? Did he think... Oh dear, I'm so disappointed. Some people go through life thinking of God like that. That's not the real God. See, this morning, my grandson, one of my grandsons stayed over at our house. And I'm not really an early bird, but early, too early than, earlier than I normally do. He came to the door and he had a pooey nappy. And I'm not saying that was the best bit about it. But it was like, I get to play with Daniel. So early in the morning, I'm, I'm playing with my grandson and we're having Play-Doh fun. And it was brilliant. See, when I went to bed, the last thing I was thinking was, in the morning I get to play with Daniel. Well, what if when you went, woke up this morning, God didn't think, oh no, oh no, oh no, but I thought, oh great. Now we get, I get to love you. Now I get to be with you. Now I get to spend time with you. And one day I'm going to spend eternity with you. But for now, this is, this is the best thing I can possibly do, is to have you with me. It's easy to love a God like that, isn't it? So I, I don't find it. Nobody has to command me to love a God like that, because that's the real God, by the way. That's what the real God is like. And the real God is easy to love. He's not some judging, distant deity. He's not critical. He's not having me prove myself. He's already proved his love to me. See, Jesus knew his dad. 
and he wants you to know him too. So when he gets asked about what's the greatest commandment by all these religious people, he says, I'm going to tell you what's the greatest. I'll tell you what the greatest thing is. You see, there was a time when Jesus said this, and we'll put it on now, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's two ways you can read that. One way can be this. If you love me, you better keep my commandments. Or maybe it's a promise. Because if you look at it in context, that's actually how it reads. Let's read it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Is that a threat or a promise? I think it's a promise. If you let him love you, and if you love him back, you're going to find yourself more and more and more keeping his commandments. You're going to start to have your life aligned with the kind of life of a loved person who's listening and obeying and doing what God says one day at a time. See, what is God more interested in? You keeping his commandments or else, or you loving him? It seems to me he wants you to love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. More than a list of thou shalt nots. And we base our Christianity on this, that while we were still sinners, commandment breakers, what happened? Were we condemned? Were we banished? Were we judged? No. Christ died for us, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. That's the gospel. Is it good news? It's the best news ever. And and when I think about that kind of self-sacrifice, that somebody would go to a cross instead of me and in my place that they would take, they would suffer the consequences of my sins instead of me. What I fully deserved, he fully took upon himself. And when I see that, I can't help but love him. I can't help but worship him because the real God is actually easy to love. And if I love him, what am I going to do more and more and more? I'm going to want to keep his commandments. I'm going to want to live my life the way that a loved person would live. So here's the greatest commandment, according to Jesus, who ought to know. Hear, and if I hear, I listen and obey. In fact, if you're able to stand, stand up. Make the actions. That says, I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart. Say it. How could you not? When you realise how much he loves you, it's just a response. How could you not? How could you be half-hearted? How can I be half-hearted, Lord, when, you're, when you've given everything for me as we've sung? And I'm going to love God with all my mind. Put your hand on there. It's around there somewhere. You might have to feel a bit to find it. And now I've got peace in my mind. Peace with God. Peace with other people. Peace for the, about the past, and that's been dealt with. Peace about today, because I'm loved. Peace about the present and the future, because in his hands. Peace with you and you and you, because I'm forgiven and so are you. And I want to love God, the real God who is easy to love with all my strength. Just flex a minute. Come on. You're looking good. That's it. Squeeze the bicep of the person next to you, if you kind of know them at all. So, 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 now, get your right finger, right finger, very important this bit. Now, what I want you to do, don't do it, don't do it to anybody else, do it to you. Do it to, I want you to put it in either of your ears. Okay? You're wondering why are we doing this? This is so it doesn't go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> Hear, listen, obey. 
The Lord your God is one God. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And when you do that, when you love him like that, you're going to find it easier to love other people too. Love people, love people. Please take a seat. See, the Jewish people, when they, they would do this twice a day, they still do it. And when they do it, you've got a picture of this. They close their eyes and they put their hands up like this. And it's kind of like a shield to say, I'm going to really fully concentrate on this prayer. Because as, as we've had, they don't want it to just go in one ear and out the other. They want it to sink in. And they want it to not just, you know, pass over and go by. They, they, they know that, that loving God comes out of listening to God. So when you love God and you listen to God, you're going to love other people. You're going to love God the way that God has loved you. You're going to love him back and then you're going to love other people too. You're going to listen to oh God and obey your God and then you'll love your God but this is about a daily practice this is what they do every single day twice a day morning and evening they, they pray this prayer see what if this week as there something you could do you just practice this every morning how different would your life be if every day you started it like this and you finished it in some way with this kind of a prayer first thing in the morning doesn't the first thing in the morning set you up for the rest of the day the first thought, what do we do? Put on the news. Let's listen to all the bad news in the world. How's that going to help? Check Facebook. Look at videos of cats, whatever else is going on. Is that going to help? What if your first focus is not on the bad news, but it's on the good news? And what's the last thing you do before you go to bed? How many of us worry? Did I put the cat out? <laughs> you know, did I put the bins out? Do you go to bed with fears and worries about tomorrow? What about this instead? Praying this, something like this. Why don't you take a picture of the screen? So then you'd be able to practice this week. It's a, it becomes a practice when you practice it. And you get better at it by practicing it. Take a picture of this prayer and we're going to pray it in a moment. And we concentrate on it because this is how they would do it. They would focus on it. They would crowd out. They wouldn't let any distractions distract them. Why don't we pray like that now? Say these words together with me. Lord, help me listen and obey so I will love you with all my heart, mind and strength and love other people as I love myself. Stand up. Focus. That was a practice. This time it's a prayer. God's here and he's listening. We're not just saying words. Together, Lord, help me listen and obey so I will love you with all my heart, mind and strength and love other people as I love myself. See, that's the greatest commandment. That's what God wants more than anything else from you. Please sit down. As we've heard today, we're all on a journey as a church. Ben and Emma have felt, having listened to God, that the way they should obey him is that they're going to put their heart and soul and strength and mind into planting a new church somewhere. As they've said, not an ivy church. It's not like when we've planted out ivy Sharston or ivy fuse and we've fully kind of gone, okay, this is what's happening and it's an ivy thing. This isn't that. But I love that there's going to be churches coming out of us that are not necessarily ivy churches in the future. It, this church won't, that they're planting, we don't know when it's going to start and all the details of it, but what they've said is not going to have necessarily the same vision and the values. We heard that. It won't have the same DNA, won't have the same leaders or leadership structure, plans for the future. They want to be able to be free to keep on hearing God and listening and obeying him. And that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's sad for me 
It's sad for us as elders as well because we would have loved them to have stayed with us, not just through the summer, they're going to be with us through the summer, but beyond that, but God keeps on doing this for us through us at Ivy. We keep on raising up leaders and you, you and help people to learn that they can fly and some of them fly off. And that's okay. You know, if you think back, we've had Alan and Nick and Deborah and Lynn and going off doing great stuff from God. We, you know, we just had, had uh, Dave Hill all kinds of people going off and hearing God and listening and obeying for themselves. And I'm never going to try and control that because I'm not responsible for them hearing God. Who am I responsible to hear God? For me. That's who I've got to listen. I've got to make sure I'm hearing and listening and obeying. And then it's down to you, you, you know, grown-ups. I'm responsible. And as I've tried to listen to God and hear them this, this year, I believe it really is a year of acceleration. And we've seen things happen way quicker than we could have expected this year, haven't we? Anybody else's head's spinning a bit. And it's not just us. The whole nation's been shaken up. The continent has been shaken up. The city has been shaken up this year. All kinds of things happening really, really fast. But if he is our fortress, we will never be shaken. And I see his hand behind all of this. I see God's hand. And he's going to bless them as they go and start their church. And he's going to bless us as he has done. See, he's blessed them during the last 22 months that Ben's been leading this church and helping it to grow. He's done a brilliant job. And he's going to continue to bless them into the future. And, and he's going to bless us too. And he's going to bless you too. All of you, people who here serve so brilliantly well in this place. Like, is Carl here, by the way? Where's Carl? Uh, there he is, Carl Buckner. Please stand up. Come down, come down here, mate. See, we... We have a thing at Ivy, we call, it, we, we call it like do for one. It's like you wish you could do it for everybody, so you do it for one. And Carl has been an incredible model of a servant here. So many times he's lifted these speakers and put them away. Yeah, let's stand up and thank him. Come with us. See, I can't... I can't do this without Carl. We can't do this without people like Carl coming in and getting here early and going late and lifting and shifting and moving. And there being like two of them sometimes and, and it just being really hard but being faithful. And so, we, you know, in honouring Carl, I'm honouring everybody else who's done something like Carl has done. But, but I was thinking it's probably the last thing you want. He probably never wants to come to the cinema again. But we've got him, we've got him a year's pass for Cineworld. So, there you go. We appreciate it. We love you, mate. Thank you. Woo! Yes. Yeah. So some of you were here. Some of you were here when we left Ivy Cottage. We, and it was out of the cottage and into the city was the thing that we talked about. You willingly went full of faith because I came to lead this church nearly nine years ago. And I said, we're going to be a church that's going to be about lifeboats, not cruise ships. Some of you heard that talk. Who was there for that? Yeah. Yay. He's still here. He's still alive. Fantastic. <laughs> God said at the outset, that's the kind of church that I want you to build. And, and then we started to look at the DNA of what kind of a church it is that we want to be. And we said we want to be relevant to the people that we're trying to reach. 
in the city. We want to be confident in the power and the goodness and the provision of God. We want to be welcoming of new people into a new place where everybody's welcome because nobody's perfect, but all things are possible. And then as a result of that, God started to challenge us to move out. And so we just look at some of the places that we moved into before we moved into here. Terrible picture of me at Gorton Monastery <laughs> from the Manchester Evening News. But yeah, we, we, we started something in the Village Hotel at Ashton. We started in Gorton Monastery. We started in, in, Virgin, in Trafford Centre, then Media City. Then we came back here. So some of you, like you heard before, you think that this is it. and that this, is the, this is a step. This is a stepping stone onto the journey, into the next thing that God's got for us. This isn't it. This has never been our journey. This has never been our destination. It's part of the journey. And as part of the DNA, we've said we want to be never defined. If you don't get it, read the DNA document. It's brilliant. We talk about how we don't want to be defined by the places that we meet in, but the, the God that we meet for and the people that we're going to try and reach. So we're going to be an empowering church where you find your place and you fulfill your purpose. We're going to be outward looking because that's what, you know, we're not just blessed to be a blessing Sorry, we're blessed, but not just for ourselves, but to be a blessing outside of us. And we want to be adventurous because when Oliver Brockbank founded this church a little while ago in 1893, he kept on moving it so it could grow and reach more people. Started in one house, moved to another house, moved to another house, extended that house, built the old building. So that's what living by faith together means. That's what walking by faith together means. Wherever we go, whether it's here or there or everywhere, this is Ivy Church. If we meet in the Fuse, if we meet in Merseybank, if we meet in Didsbury, if we meet in the Academy, which they're talking about moving into in September, the Fallowfield guys are looking to move into the Academy, which will free up something as a possibility for what we can do in Didsbury. If we meet in Stockport, if we meet in Salford, if we meet in the city centre, if we meet in Liverpool, in London or in Lithuania, if we meet in your house or my house, this is Ivy Church. What is Ivy Church? This. Put your finger over this is Ivy Church. This is where it is. This is it. God's put his, his, his vision and his dream in here for me, for this church. I'm not looking to go anywhere. You and me, as we listen, as we obey, as we hear God and do what he says, and the promise is this, when we do that, then the world will see. They'll see that we love the Lord. Wherever we go, wherever we are this summer and in all the other places it is going to take us into, into the autumn and beyond, we will love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. With all our hearts, put your hand on your heart again. Can God count on you to be wholehearted? Help me, Jesus. All your minds. Even when we don't know everything, we trust you, Lord. We don't lean on our own understanding. And with all our souls, however we feel, knowing that he understands that. And when you served here, at any point in any way during these last six years, and many of you have served in all kinds of different ways, whether you've put on, you've poured out a coffee or you've given away a smile, whether you've tied on an apron or put on a T-shirt, whether you picked up an instrument or heaved up a speaker, when you plugged in the sound desk, when you downloaded from Dropbox, when you led a study, when you fed an asylum seeker, when you taught a child, when you cut out some craft, when you sang out of tune like you meant it. Yeah. You know what you were doing? The greatest thing. The greatest thing. When you got up early, the greatest thing. When you were the last one to leave, 
and tidy up after you. God saw that and he said, that's the greatest thing. The greatest thing. When are you going to go and do it next week? Into a place that might be different for you with people that you don't all know. God says, that's the greatest thing because you're loving me and you're loving them. And you're loving God with all of your strength. Last flex. Somebody said before they feel like today's a day when we should be praying for people to be anointed with the Holy Spirit for the next step of their journey. And if you want that to happen for you, please come down the front. We'd love to just pray for anybody and kind of commission us into the next thing that God's got for us. But whatever we're going to do, we're going to worship you, Jesus. So please, if you're able to stand, let's stand. And let's give God all of our heart, mind and strength as we worship him now. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.